Thank you for joining me for my first podcast episode, episode one of Special One Cards. We're going to cover soccer and hockey primarily. Uh, the first, This first episode is really going to be a soccer episode, though, kind of the offseason for hockey. So I didn't really want to go too much into that. I will at some point um, down the road. Uh, but for now, let's do some soccer. Let's talk some soccer. I want to kick this off. My goal here is to really kind of identify some different new trends uh, identify some players, identify some some data to help you as a collector that the other guys aren't doing. Um, I don't want to compete with other folks. Uh, that's not my goal here. Uh, my goal really is to um, give you some information that maybe you're not getting elsewhere or maybe that you haven't thought about and try to expand your mind a little bit more uh, to make some more smart, logical decisions. And really, a lot of the things I do uh, in terms of what you've seen on my posts they're all generally related to uh, low risk, uh, high reward um, plays, right? I guess we call them plays. I am more of a uh, long-term uh, buyer on, on certain cards to hold. I'm not a, you know, one month, two month flip kind of guy. I do, I do sell slabs that do come back from PSA. In that case, I plan to head for that though. So I um, wanted to kind of do that and we're going to, Kind of as this, as this podcast evolves, obviously my goal is to really um, be able to kind of do some different things. Uh, one of the things today that we're going to cover is some data on the Tops brand uh, for this year's releases that some of you may not be aware of and that you probably need to be aware of in my perspective on it. The other thing we're going to do is I'm going to kind of give you a list of uh, probably 10 to 11 players per episode. Um, that I'm following actually to start it's probably gonna be 10 to 11 this first episode because the season is beginning this weekend so really want to kind of go into that a little bit you've probably seen my posts on Instagram in regards to certain players that I have been buying and that I do continue to buy uh, because of the upside and the low risk factor that I do uh, find in a lot of these players now um, I'm also uh, tentatively would like to eventually get some guests on here um and they're not going to be really kind of influencers. I really want to get some of these collectors that are out there that are passionate about what they're doing. Um, and not saying that the influencers are not passionate, but really my idea is to give the the regular folks that go to shows every weekend, that go to card shops in their local communities that, that aren't being talked about or being featured. That's my goal really um, here in, in that aspect. So we'll do, and then, apps, and then lastly, I'll probably do like a hobby rant. Um, it's going to be kind of a piece that uh, I talk about really some of the annoying different factors in the hobby that are occurring in front of me. Uh, some things that I can point out, um, even, you know, could be something about a complaint about Panini or could be a complaint about tops, could be a complaint about a lot of different things, right? Uh, could be a complaint about breakers, could be a complaint about any in which everything or how the market's being driven. So Let's start uh, today. We're going to start with kind of my over, overall take on tops this year. Uh, the last 21-22 release uh, really want to talk about, you know, the uh, three different, um, excuse me, four actually. Um, now that I come down to it, four different options that you have to buy in the market. Tops, as we know, a very legacy brand. Um, they've uh, obviously uh, done a really good job with you, the UEFA a product now with fanatics taking taking over that will absolutely 
change uh, for the better. I'm not sure yet, or for the worse, it could, who knows. Um, but let's start. So you got the four different sets of release this year. You have the uh, Topps First Edition, you have Topps Flagship, you have Topps Chrome, and you have Topps Sapphire, obviously. So I'm going to um, really start this by telling you what I, how I feel about each set and then elaborate on why I think certain sets are better than others, right? So, and with that comes some data kind of crunching and looking at the data and understanding the data. Uh, I'm not going to deep dive too much into graded grading cards and aspects of that nature, uh, but I really want to talk about each set and why um, they're either relevant or they're not relevant. So let's start off with uh, first edition. Uh, and first edition, if you aren't aware, there are one, two, three, four, five, six different uh, parallels. You have Starball foils, blue inferno foils, orange, black, red, and finally the foil fractor. For those that don't know, I do own the Sergio, not Sergio, that's his dad, uh, Francisco, aka Chico Conceição, uh, one of one that was pulled on Brangle Breaks uh, stream. Thank you, Brangle, for doing that for me. Um, I do own that foil fractor. Now, this set is really unique. Uh, in autograph parallels, you only have four. You have blue inferno, orange, red foil, fa foil fractor as well. Um, part of that uh, we have, and we've kind of looked looked at some of this math. In particular, you talk about how many boxes were produced. I think there's around 4,600, 4,500 to 5,000 boxes. We'll, we'll just leave it at that kind of number. So very limited number of boxes that were produced. The autographs, like I said, you have four different uh, variations there. Uh, very hard to pull autographs out of this product, obviously. Foil fractors are one in 506 uh, packs. So that makes sense given the math uh, of what's available, what's been produced, right? Topps flagship, for those that don't know this, this is kind of um, not eye-popping numbers, but it is interesting to see. There's 35 different variants, um, 25 short prints, 10 super short prints i did end up pulling a holland super short print that i did grade and sell uh did not do as well as i thought it would do um and that is basically i i had a feeling that was going to be the case given you know this set is a paper set paper the hobby does not love paper as much as i think they should and i'm going to explain to you guys why the hobby needs to love one of these particular sets more than others but that set has 13 parallels, so we basically doubled first edition set in terms of parallels. You have um, five different uh, autographs, so that was up one from first edition. You also have ultimate stage autographs, blue, gold, black, red, and foil fractors as well. So that's an additional five. So there's about 10 different types of autographs that you can pull from Topps flagship, okay? Next, uh, if we talk about, um, so there's 25 different parallels in... Uh, excuse me. Next, we'll talk about Topps Chrome. Topps Chrome, for those that don't know, um, has 25 different parallels. Now, those numbers are kind of mind-boggling to me. There's so many of them. You have Refractor, Black and White Ray Waves, Speckle Refractor, Purple and Gold, Silver Mini Diamond, Purple Refractor, Purple Mini Diamond, Night Vision, Aqua, Aqua Wave, Aqua Lava, Pink, Pink Mini Diamond, Blue, Blue Lava, Rose Gold, Rose Gold Mini Diamond, Neon Green Refractor, Neon Green Wave Refractor, Neon Green Lava Refractor, Blue Wave Refractor, Blue and Gold, Starball, Gold Refractor, Gold Mini Diamond, Gold Lava Refractor, Black and Gold Starball, 
orange refractor, orange and gold star ball, red refractor, red wave refractor, red and gold star ball, and finally your super refractor out of Chrome. Chrome also offers um, nine different autograph uh, parallels, uh, which we have aqua, blue, neon, blue, blue wave, excuse me, gold, orange, red, red wave, and the super refractor, of course. So um, it's a lot. Uh, you know, it's kind of a tongue twister. I like spoke all of those out, and I still don't actually uh, can't identify every single one of them when I'm pulling them out of packs when I've opened that product. Lastly, um, you have uh, Top Sapphire, right? Top Sapphire, six different parallels, yellow, green, orange, purple, red, and the Padparadasha, uh, which is one in uh, 1,022 packs. So um, they did a good job in terms of Sapphire really kind of limiting the, the parallels. They have legend variations as well, as well that are numbered parallels, yellow, green, orange, purple, red, and again, um, had Paradasha as well. So they kept the the parallels configurations in terms of the legends as the same as the base parallels. What's really unique is the Pad Paradashas for legends, the one of one is actually one in 40,042 packs. Really extremely difficult to pull. Um, future, there's also Future Stars inserts in uh, Sapphire parallels. Uh, those are in the other sets as well. And the other sets actually also, we didn't really cover this, have some other inserts, but I feel like the soccer market really isn't taken to the um, the insert market like some of the other sports have. And maybe that's kind of a lack of creativity on uh, Topps's part. Um, I see that they did this year with baseball. For those that don't know, they did a, a baseball kind of insert that looks exactly like uh, a downtown that would be pulled from Panini products. So maybe that'll come to soccer. Who knows? Um, but we'll see. So in the in the sapphire boxes, you get two parallels per box and one legend variation. So, um, you know, you go through this and you think about this. Well, you know, which box has held the most, the best value? Um, which box has the best value? And which box uh, potentially is a huge risk? So if I was to rank them in terms of the best value that you're going to get out of a box for now and for the future, I'm going to rank first edition as number one. Um, and I'm going to explain a few different things after that in regards to that. I'm going to rank at Sapphire number two. Um, Chrome would be three narrowly beating Topps flagship because flagship is paper. I kind of felt that was kind of the bottom, the entry level product for folks. And those boxes are down a lot. You can probably get those boxes for 65, 70 bucks a box now. Um, still a fun rip to, to, to open. Um, so in terms of one of the arguments that I've actually uh, had with myself recently is this whole one of one uh, in owning these, the Francisco Conceição one of one foil fractor, I asked myself, I'm like, is that a true one of one uh, given uh, all the other products? So here's my, here's kind of my debate on it internally with myself. And I actually have to tend to agree, not because I own it, but. Uh, more so from the perspective of when it released. So first edition released first before any other uh, product. So I look at the cards from that set and I'm going to take those as kind of being there for the true one of ones, really. Honestly, it's the first one. There's four different one of ones if you think about it with the four different products. So um, the numbered stuff, same thing. I really, you know, I think their first rookie card and I think we've kind of, the hobbies kind of strayed for some reason. And I think this is probably a manufacturer's fault. 
the manufacturer is trying to make as much money as they can, obviously, by releasing different products. Now, first edition was a really welcoming product to the hobby, and the wax prices on those boxes have held pretty well. Um, they've come down like everything else has come down recently, but I think I still think they're the most expensive of the four. Sapphire may be above them actually now at this point, but um, given the quality in that card, but Sapphire is really difficult to pull big cards out of. You have to open uh, quite a bit um, in terms of what you're going to get out of out of Sapphire. So for me, kind of the debate is like, what is the true first rookie, uh, right? Uh, so I kind of look at it and say it's first edition. Uh, I mean. You have Gavi's PSA 10 base at a first edition selling online um, for 199, 150, I think is the number we're looking at. And that's unique to me, uh, given that those bases are being graded, right? Uh, some people don't grade base. Uh, and I'll probably talk about this on my next episode on why you should be grading some of your base. But for me, in my opinion, and you can let me know in my comments of either either on Instagram or via the podcast, what you what your thoughts are on that, uh, my perspective there and thinking that the true rookies are the ones in first edition. Um, a lot of the folks in the sticker market, and I collect some stickers too, I have a few, people tend to call those true rookies, right? Um, so I try to divide them between it's a sticker and one's a card. So... Uh, one being a true rookie sticker and one being a true rookie card. So when I think of first edition, I think of Gavi's card in there, Martin Satriano, uh, Susic, uh, Sesco, any of those guys, right, that have rookies in there as their true rookie. I really do. I firmly believe that's the case. I firmly believe that first edition is a product that will go down as a um, – I don't want to call it a game changer uh, because it's been done in other sports, but really kind of a, a unique product to the soccer market for this particular era because the soccer market is still so young to mature. So something to keep your eye on. If you get a box of it, try. I think boxes are around 300, 325 now. Um, I think those are steals for the future. Um, so that's my perspective on that. I really think that's important to to consider. Um, I am not a buyer on Chrome anymore. Uh, after kind of looking at some of the data and realizing that why was I buying that stuff when it's just there's too many parallels. Um, the odds of really pulling anything huge is really difficult. I mean, you talk about uh, an orange gold star ball, for example, right? One in 292 packs. Really difficult, really difficult um, to pull that. Uh, even a neon green lava is one in 218 packs. Um, so I think your money's better served rather than buying Chrome is buying first edition. I really do. Um, Sapphire would consider it the second best set um, just because the product is a beautiful product. It's also limited as well. Um, and I think Tops did a good job with that as well as minimizing kind of the different parallels in that. So they kept it about the same uh, with six parallels in that as first edition, only having six. So those are unique. Uh, so I think that's important to take into account. Really start thinking about why that's important uh, and why you should think about uh, what you're purchasing and where, and where your money's being spent. Um, so that's kind of that little piece of the podcast that I really want to talk about uh, in terms of Topps product and the products that they released this year. Now you've got some other products coming out towards the end of the year, the road to the Nations League, which I think is absolute, absolutely ridiculous. Um, so that's that piece. Next thing I want to talk about are some of the players I'm watching and I'm buying. 
really want to, and if you guys have followed me on Instagram, you guys do see what I'm talking about on a daily or every other day when I post something in regards to certain players. A lot of these guys, some of them are being overlooked when they're coming out of some of these products. For example, Martin Satriano is one that's being overlooked quite a bit. Uh, he comes out. I, I saw a streamer put him in a, in a commons pile that was open Sapphire. Um, and he shouldn't be in there. He is a potentially, he's going to be at um, the World Cup potentially with Uruguay. I think he got named to the squad. Potentially for the future, he could be Darwin, Darwin Nunez's kind of running mate up top on the attack with, uh, with Darwin Nunez. So uh, he is an interplayer. I uh, spent last year at Stade Brest in the French League, uh, the second half of the year, I should say. Uh, scored, I believe it was, uh, if I can remember correctly right now, top of my head, it's so hard to remember all of this stuff, but he scored, um, I think it was five goals in, um, yeah, four goals, four goals in 15 appearances. There we go. That's better. And then before that, he was playing on Inter's um, youth team, before the 2021-22 season, he was playing on 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 Inter's youth team in the Primera Primavera um, League, youth league. It's a youth league in Italy comprised of the Serie A teams, where he scored 16 goals, had 10 assists in 34 games across all competitions. So really impressive numbers for a player who, you know, I think he's a complete center forward. He can finish, has great instincts. His movement is excellent off the ball can head the ball as well, uh, and he has excellent technical skills, really. So um, he did get loaned again this year, but he will be in Serie A. He'll be at Empoli this year. Empoli has a knack for attracting many of these up-and-coming players and, and helping them develop them. So we'll have to keep our eyes on him and see what happens with him, right? Another guy I'm watching is Ivan Nielsen. You guys have seen me post about him and why he's important. Um, I put that, here's my hot take about him, and I don't think it's a hot take, really. Uh, I think even Nielsen is probably going to be the leading scorer in the Portuguese league this year. I potentially see him scoring more goals than Darwin Nunez, uh, which will impact possibly a move either in the winter transfer window, but more so I think in the summer. So when you talk about investing in certain players, you're talking about, I'm talking about low risk, um, high reward, high ceilings, right? Uh, even Nielsen, if he can do what Darwin Nunez did, I think potentially his value is in the, the 60 to $80 million range around the same as Darwin Nunez, right? Uh, potentially, he is Brazilian as well. Uh, he has not been called to the Brazilian squad. That's his team. That's his dream, excuse me. And he wants to be, uh, he wants to work really hard uh, to get there. That's one of his uh, big kind of goals to be on that on that team. And I see he's a good fit for that team. Um, a true number nine uh just an excellent player to watch. Um, so uh, another guy I've been watching recently, I've started picking up some of his stuff is Alejandro Marx, uh, former, uh, well, he's on loan at Estoril Praia in the Portuguese league. He's coming from uh, Juve uh, in Italy. You guys may have seen his cards in Merlin um, last year. I believe he was also in stadium. No, he was, I think he was in Chrome. Yeah. Chrome as well. But I don't think he was in stadium club Chrome though. Uh, so, um, Alejandro Marks, a Juve player on loan at Estoril Praia in Portugal. Estoril is quietly putting together a talented team that will compete, I think, in the top six uh, in Portugal this year. Um, but really interesting, Alejandro Marks, he is a player uh, who's been at Juve, um, and he did come from a very good squad. And not many people know this, but he did come through 
Barcelona system. Uh, so he was part of um, that system there, uh, La Masea. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. I probably butchered that. But um, he is an excellent player, um, very good in the air. Um, he Last season, he spent time at um, Mirandes in La Liga 2, the second division, scoring 10 goals and 32 appearances across all competitions. And um, really what's really unique to me about him is, is mental strength, and he plays with quite a bit of determination. So I'm hoping that he develops into something really outstanding. I picked up his five of five for about 38 bucks uh, or his three, three of five out of Merlin, uh, which was a steal, not the auto, but I did buy um, his auto um, orange of 25 in a lot. And I think I paid 22 bucks for that, an aqua prism and a base refractor. So really cheap, uh, low risk player to get into uh, given what, potentially he could become. So look at his cards. I think he's a unique buy. Evan Nielsen's a little bit more expensive than him, um, but I would look at him. The next player I'm looking at is in Serie A as well, Andrea Pinamonte, and I've been on him for a very long time. Pinamonte is a great player. I can see him being on the Italian national team in the future. He is an interplayer as well. Um, so you can find his rookie, uh, particularly I like the rookie red tickets out of 2019 Team All Chronicles. It's in there. Uh, unique thing about that set is if you look at the pop reports, you'll see that the red tickets are one-fifth to one-eighth pop reports compared to regular Chronicles that released here in the U.S. So I would always recommend people buying the Team All boxes because of what you can pull out of there. But Andrea Pinamonte, Andrea Pinamonte is another excellent player I'm looking at uh, in terms of what I expect uh, from him this year. Uh, very good goal scorer um, and potentially uh, could see a move. I, I've heard Sevilla is interested and in a few other clubs in La Liga as well. So next youngster uh, from Roma, Felix Afenagayan, uh, striker going to the World Cup as well. Um, not sure yet if he's going to start, but I think he's going to. Um, so I think you may want to look at him. Uh, the unique thing about him, and I believe he has got a card now in Chronicles this year that just released. Um, but his first card that I was able to actually secure was a uh, 21-22 Panini Instant, which was exclusive to to Italy. Uh, luckily for me, I have a friend over there. He was able to order those online for me uh, and he sent them over to me. So um, some of you were lucky enough on whatnot. I sold some of them on there to you folks to, to enjoy and to do some different things with those. Um, I graded a few of them. I got a few tens, uh, a few nines, really tough in, in terms of how these cards come shipped. Uh, for those that don't know, those Panini instance, instance in Italy, they basically come in kind of a envelope, right? with no sleeves, no nothing. They're just tucked in with nothing. Uh, so it's really, some of those cards are really hard to grade. So um, extremely difficult. But Felix Afenagian, I think he's going to really um, mature this year. I still don't think he will start for them, uh, for Roma. Uh, you know, Tammy Abraham's there. Uh, but I think he's going to be a good option coming off the bench for Jose Mourinho. And he wants him to, you know, obviously grow and mature. Um, and Jose is typical 
of getting the most out of his players. So uh, watch for him. I know he had a brace last year. Uh, I think it was his second appearance or third appearance. It may have been his first, and I can't remember. I'm trying to remember too many things. So next is Gonzalo Ramos, Benfica player. I'm a diehard Benfica fan. Um, I've been following him for many years now. Uh, he is an excellent player. Just had a hat trick the other day in a Champions League qualifier. Uh, Benfica's got to work through the qualifying to get uh, to the the Champions League tournament. So, uh, unfortunately for them, you saw them knock off Ajax last year with Darren Nunez, took the, tore them apart. Um, so, Gonzalo Ramos, keep your eyes on him. There's been rumblings that PSG is interested in him. Not sure how he'd fit their plans or how he'd even start. I think if that if they were to actually try to get Gonzalo Ramos, you could potentially see Neymar be kind of sent, sent on his way. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know what the situation is there on that. All right, in the Premier League, I have two players I'm really going to watch um, religiously this year. Uh, the first being uh, Gianluca Scamacca, the, the former Sassuolo Serie A player who had a phenomenal year last year. He had 16 goals and 36 appearances. And his name has come up for transfers quite a bit of times uh, over the last year or so. Um, and I expect him to do really well in the Premier League. I think he fits the system well. I think he fits that league well. I think he will become a crowd favorite given his personality uh, and, and kind of the, let's just say, how he portrays himself between social media and how people fall in love with the bad guy, right? Um, tattoos like crazy. He's just a, a fun guy in my aspect uh, when I look at him. So I expect him to have a really good year and kind of there's really no pressure on him either. If you think about it, you know, the pressures on Darwin Nunez at Liverpool and Erling Holland at City, given the big, massive uh, costs and signings of both of those players for those clubs. So I'm interested to see what Skamaka does there as he continues to evolve. And then the other player is Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto, the Portuguese international um, who came off a terrible injury last year or two seasons ago, actually, um, and made his comeback in, I want to say, late March, early April uh, this past season, so towards the end of the season. So it was really hard for a player to come back in uh, two full games in that manner after a tremendous, tremendously terrible injury that he suffered, um, a possible kind of career-altering injury that he suffered. I think it was a knee injury, too. So he... Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I think he's so talented. Uh, it's just a matter of time till we really see what what he can do. Uh, we've seen flashes of that before in private prior seasons in the Premier League. So watch for him. It's going to be interesting to see. The other two players I'm watching in the Premier League, excuse me, not not the Premier League, the Bundesliga. I'm watching two players in the Bundesliga this year quite a bit. I'm going to be watching Adam Hozek. He's a 19-year-old uh, Czechoslovakian striker forward. Can also play the number 10 role. Um, had been um, looked at by Liverpool and, and Newcastle and Chelsea and a few other big, big teams. A lot of people have compared him to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, just his style of play. Um, was it uh, Sparta, uh, Prague last year, where he had 12 goals and 15 assists? A really good year for a 19-year-old. He is a very big goal threat. So when you talk about Hlozak and what he can do, not only can he play on the inside, um, of the attacking front, but he can also come down the wings and really attack 
those those left and right backs effectively. He is uh, most effective as a striker, though. He's very gifted technically. He's physical. He's six one. So if you think about the the Zlatan comparisons, you can see why he's a big body, uh, very good in the air. He's a great finisher. So what really impressed me about him is his high work rate. And obviously, the comparison to Zlatan is is not fair. Obviously, we, we we potentially in the hobby we're always comparing certain players to players, and the media does it too. Obviously, so not fair to do that. But we're looking for him to have a really good year. He's at Leverkusen now. They paid, I believe, it was thirteen or fifteen million uh, with a thirty percent sell-on clause to Sparta Prague for Leverkusen. So he's going to be teaming up with his teammate uh, from the. Czechoslovakia national team, Patrick Schick. Uh, he'll also be a teammate of Florian Wirtz. So that's going to be a really interesting team to watch. I actually have them finishing second in the Bundesliga this year and potentially challenging for the top spot. We saw Bayern Munich be a little fragile last year towards the end of the season, um, especially in the Champions League. Not so much the Bundesliga, they had already won it. So um, given that, I think Leverkusen could be an outside shot to do really well. Next, um, the next guy I'm going to be watching really closely um, in the Bundesliga is another Portuguese player, uh, Thiago Tomas from Sporting, from the Herald Academy of Sporting, a team I do not like, uh, but it is what it is. Um, but the kick and score, he's a goal scorer, natural goal scorer. He, even last year, he was put out alone um, in the winter transfer window and did really well, um, scored a few times. Obviously, his scoring rate is higher than Ricardo Pepe's, uh, but Ricardo Pepe's cards continue to be more expensive than Thiago Tomas. So there's kind of a opportunity um, if you see one. Had two goals the other day in a friendly. Uh, I believe it was two. I saw two of them. I watched a little bit of that game. He may have had three, but I think it was two. Um, but really excellent player. Uh, his stuff is relatively cheap so again everything i'm really going to promote on here are really kind of low risk high reward high ceiling uh plays that you can have a lot of these guys that i've talked about i plan on holding these guys for a while uh for at least six months um and most of them for a year uh, again you know i'm not an investor i'm not here to give you advice on what to do um i just think there's too many people in the hobby following others and that dictates prices on certain players and why some players or some players are more overpriced than others. Um, I did do an example of that back and it probably wasn't a fair comparison, but I really wanted to kind of show um, Fabio Vieta versus uh, Anthony Wright of AX and how Fabio Vieta's cards were, were, excuse me, Anthony's cards were five times more expensive than Fabio Vieta's, which made no sense to me. Fabio Vieta's actually made up some ground now um, in that. So, you know, always look through your boxes. Some of these guys you might have in there, take a look. I mean, these are guys that you can make really good plays on. All right, next with this going forward, I'm going to do kind of a hobby rant um, type of, uh, and hopefully I can have some guests eventually to do this or, or have the listeners kind of send in their clips or, or actually even message me their hobby rant uh, and I can address it. Uh, on the podcast here. So that would be really cool to do that. Um, so that's kind of your first participation way of getting in on the podcast is message me your hobby rant of the week or of the bi-week. I still haven't decided if I'm going to be doing this weekly or bi-weekly. But anyways, hobby rants. Um, 
few quick things. Uh, I'm not going to name particular names to when I do this. I don't want to offend anybody or single out anybody or give people added press um, or added airtime, you could call it, or, you know, bad publicity is usually good publicity if you catch my drift. So there are um, sites out there that have come, um, that have arisen and they've done a good job creating websites and basically developing um, and finding number data on certain products and, and doing the, really the homework on that. Um, but when they start analyzing rookies is where I have a problem. Uh, and when you call Pedro Gonzalez a sport thing too old, it's really, um, really not a, a very good way to judge uh, whether a rookie is good from the tops products this year or not. Uh, he is the same age as Mbappe. Um, so uh, he is still young, Pedro Gonzalez. So don't be deterred by what people are saying um, on certain websites. Do your own research, right? Number one, always do your own research. Look at data. Data is important. I look at data constantly. But I also do the eye test. And when I talk about eye tests, I don't talk about using YouTube for eye tests. YouTube only shows the good things. They don't ever show the bad things. You need to be able to recognize the flaws in a player to understand if you're buying into the player or not. Right. If you have a forward and he can't finish, but because everybody else is buying them, you're buying them, you're making a mistake. Uh, forwards need to learn how to finish. Right. So you got to do the eye test game situations Do not only watch YouTube clips. I think it's a no, no to do that. Um, it's kind of like I like to use a comparison of if I came to you and said, hey, I have this stock. Do you want to buy it for you know five dollars a share? But I need five thousand dollars minimum. Right. But I can't tell you what the stock is or what they do right there are people in the hobby in this hobby buying cards of players without ever watching a single game or even looking at the data to justify it so again i test guys i test do that i test be careful what you're reading um if you ever have questions or if you want an opinion feel free to dm me i'm cool i'll give you my honest opinion um you know i'm not gonna to my own here but i've been rarely wrong in the players i've looked at um, there will come a day I will be wrong, though. I mean, one of the players I'm kind of looking at uh, that I didn't name earlier today was Rainier Jesus, right? Um, who is a who was at Dortmund for the last two years, did absolutely nothing. Ultra talented player. He's a Real Madrid player. Real Madrid ref, refuses to loan him with a with a bio clause. Um, Benfica, Real Valladolid, um, and Torino, the three teams that have shown interest in Rainier. Um, but nothing's gotten done. So he could still end up at uh, Real Madrid this season and not do anything. And I bought a bunch of his cards uh, a few weeks ago. So, you know, I might be wrong on him. Um, but again, everything I'm doing is for the long term. I still think he's got a lot to show. He's still very young. Um, I think potentially he is a Brazil national team player at some point. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm not buying on the short term or buying on an Eddie Yemi. Who's going to be playing wing? He's not Holland's replacement, guys. I hate to tell you. So that's a hobby rant uh, right there in itself. Um, lastly, one of the things I want to kind of warn you guys, um, I sell on whatnot as well, um, but it has come to my attention, and I've seen it firsthand. We have breakers that are shill bidding their own auctions. Hmm. Shame on those guys. I know who they are. I'm not going to name them. They don't need added press. If you really want to know, figure it out. Um, but 
you have people that are shill building their own auctions and their packs. Just stay away from those guys. I think that's important. Um, pretty recognized names in the community too. And I'm talking about soccer breakers. Um, I'm sure I'll get some DMs questioning themselves or why are you saying this on here? I'm not naming names. That's my purpose. I'm not naming names, but I guarantee you those folks will DM me for a fact. So just be careful out there. Um, you know, I'm, I go on there. I do breaks as well. Um, occasionally I also do, I'm going to be doing a break next week. I think I'm going to be doing some obsidian from last year, but I also do a lot of singles, right? I try to, I try to sell singles between 60 and 70% of comps normally. Right. Or I try to get, you know, to 80, um, versus hundred percent of comps. So think about that for a second. Um, just be careful who you're working with on there or who you're buying from on there. Uh, you'll notice it if you watch the bids and watch who's bidding, you'll notice it. Be careful, very important. Um, lastly, be careful with the overpriced players. Hobby rant, this is my hobby rant. I already talked a little bit about this, but be careful with that stuff. Benjamin Sesco is kind of uh, public enemy number one for me right now. A guy who scored, I think it was five or six goals last year in a very weak league. Um, yes, he's got a lot of potential, but when I look at the data and the numbers, it shows me that he's not going to do what he should do. Red Bull Salzburg, they've had a lot of really potentially good players come out of that system that have gone on and been good players, but they, that's all they've been good players. They haven't been excellent players. They haven't been Holland. Again, Holland, another player is a hot take for anybody and people are going to kill me for this. He's not going to score more than, than I think 15 or 16 goals in the premier league this year. Take that to the bank. Uh, I expect him to spend some time on the injury list in the injury room that I can guarantee. Um, and I'm not sure how he fits into that system. Uh, theoretically, and I think city could be in trouble. If they lose Bernardo Silva, they're going to be in trouble. I'm not a, I'm not a, Obviously, I'm Portuguese, so I'm a little biased, but I think Bernardo Silva's importance to that team um, is really important, just like KDB's uh, importance is to that team. So, but, well, that's my first episode, guys. This is kind of a test run to see where we're at, what we're going to be doing. Um, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed kind of some insight there. Uh, I don't think anybody else is doing this quite in the hobby. I think there's more people selling stuff versus um, selling factual information that I want to provide you guys with. And for my hockey people that have been on here, I am going to do kind of a hockey corner at some point. The gong show does a really, the, the hockey podcast that I listen to is the hockey gong show. So shout out to those guys. They do a really good job. Um, they're kind of the experts in that area. I just like hockey. I love hockey. Um, but there's an opportunity in hockey as well. So, um, but again, uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think this is going to be fun. I'm going to try to do this weekly best as I can, or maybe even bi-weekly to kind of keep people on their toes. Again, if you have comments, concerns, uh, I'll start taking like hobby rants through the DMs on Instagram, and we can address those on here. I didn't make the national. I wish I could have gone. I would have loved to have met a lot of you folks, and a lot of you folks went, but I had some things come up that I couldn't attend. So um, but again, you know, I really appreciate all of you guys. You guys have been amazing. Make sure you guys spread the word about this podcast, spread the word about my IG account, spread the word about my whatnot account. I want to get those followers up um, potentially, you know, I know some other whatnot streamers, especially in the hockey community, their whatnot followers is huge and their Instagram is a lot less. And I have the opposite problem. I'm almost at a thousand on Instagram. 
and I only still only have like 400 something on whatnot. So that with time will come as I sell more, obviously. Um, but I really want to provide you guys kind of an experience, even on whatnot. I try to do that. I try to educate. I don't really have an agenda. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a flipper per se. Um, but generally really everything I'm buying is long-term and long-term in this hobby tends to be six to 12 months or even longer. So at this point, so guys, we'd love to hear your feedback on kind of our tops discussion, our hobby rant, some of the players I'm watching. And again, I really appreciate the time you guys took to listen to this podcast a little longer than the first one, but we're hoping to streamline this eventually. Thank you again. Take care and we'll see you next time.